Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood, and welcome to our show. Listen, tonight we are starting a little bit late. We apologize for that. Just one second, because the music's still playing. We don't want that. But welcome to our show on this very beginning of June, which is my birthday month. So don't forget that if you'd like to send some presents. Let's talk about tonight's show. Tonight's show is going to be an amazing show. Did you hear about the second coming? Because the second coming is all anyone can talk about. We're going to talk about it. Also, Joe Manchin is the obstructionist of the Democratic Party, and we've got to do something about it or we are not going to get anything done. We're going to talk about that. Also, we want to make sure that can Congress if they lie to the American people in the chamber or on the floor of the U.S. House, are there consequences to that? Or can they just get away with anything? Can you lie and cheat and steal money and take campaign contributions and still become a U.S. congressman? And then there's nothing that they can do to get you out? Well, we're going to discuss that with our incredible Almost Warridge. Also, great news for tenants in an appellate decision last night. Your landlord cannot kick you out, and we will explain. As all you need to know radio, or you think that's enough, I think it's enough. So as all you need to know radio starts right now. Don't pick up the phone, you know he's only calling cause he's drunk and alone Two, don't let him in, you watch to kick him out again Three, don't be a stranger, you know you're gonna wake up in his bed in the morning And you're under him, you ain't getting over him I got no rules, I count I got no 
people just uh, blown away. I just, I just, I can't even. But um, we're gonna get the show going, okay? Here we go. Everybody, welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood, and welcome to our world. So let's talk about the very beginning thing of can a Congress man or woman be sworn into office by putting their hand on a Bible and swearing under oath they will not lie, only to lie with the very next words out of their mouth? Let's welcome my uh, co- my uh, counterpart co-host. Yeah, he's just my co- he's my co-host. That's just what he is now. Uh, the the incredible, the incomparable, the amazing constitutional lawyer himself, almost Woolworths with Woolworths and none. Say hello to everyone, almost. Hi, John. Thanks for uh, the kind words, and it's a pleasure to be on the show. As always, what could we do without you? In fact, you deserve <laughs> this. <laughs> So, this is what you you and I kind of talked about, and you're like, hey, I think this is a great idea for a show. So, let's talk about it. Can a congresswoman, uh, also, Copperhead wants to be brought on the show, so let's bring him in real quick. Hey, Copperhead, you are now live with Almost and myself, and uh, we are we're broadcasting. Real quick, let's do some housework. This show tonight is brought to you by uh, American Wealth Group USA. If you are having IRS problems and you're worried about them, you know, the IRS is one of the most powerful businesses in the world and people in the world, despite the fact that Donald Trump thinks he's the most powerful people in the world. Actually, it's the IRS. They can actually put you in jail which is take away your freedom. They can actually take your home if you don't have the right things done. They can freeze your bank accounts, freeze your assets. They are not anyone you want to mess with. If you have an IRS problem, it's called 469-399-6390, and American Wealth Group USA will be glad to help you. That's the sponsor of this show. So moving on, we have Almost Wolverts with Wolverts and None. And we also have Copperhead. Our uh, what, what? Copperhead is our A crazy uh, person. Yeah, no, you are our investigative reporter, which we're going to be talking to you a little <laughs> bit later on the investigations that you're in the process of right. doing. Uh, almost you first. I will hmm. do everything we can to tr- to try not to talk over each other. So if we can, yes, um, when you're done talking, just say hmm. okay. Or who's next? Or something like that. Uh, just so everybody in America and around the world is uh, understanding, we are working to be live on YouTube with our show. So we won't have sound problems or anything like that. Because we don't want you listening to a bunch of feedback and a bunch of air and things like that. So with that, almost you have the floor. Thank you. So I think the issue with regards to the oath of office uh, vis-a-vis the votes taken by the Republicans in both the House and the Senate not to certify the election, it's it's actually a pretty simple legal argument. Um, it, it's, 
high level because we're talking about um, the president of the United States and the Congress, but it's um, not that complicated. They, they say that they take an oath to defend and protect the Constitution. That's the words that they say. And what is in the Constitution? One of the things that's in the Constitution is a clear description of the orderly transfer of power. The, the, the orderly transfer of power from one administration to the other administration is the hallmark of our democracy. Um, if, if you look at um, authoritarian countries and non-democratic countries, I'm thinking particularly of places um, like, for example, Myanmar, where there was recently a military coup, um, there's no clear transfer of power. That's the issue is, you know, the strongman ruler rules till he dies and then the country goes into disarray or, you know, there's um, a coup or insurrection and that's how power gets transferred from one party to another in places that don't have a clear constitutional democracy like America has. And the, the United States Constitution prescribes a particular way that our elections are supposed to proceed. And when the Congress took the vote to not certify the election, when it was – well, it, it, there was a pro forma vote. They do it every single time. And when I say pro forma, it's like a legal term, which just means it was a um, – it was a non uh, – they, they didn't – it was the formal there wasn't a, there wasn't, it was, it's not contested. In every other presidential election, as far as I am aware, in all of American history, there's never been a contest. Once the state governments of the 50 states certify their electors, then it's, uh, you know, 100%. Every single person in the Congress certifies that the election was the result that it was, and then the new president is sworn in. But by voting to not certify the results of the election, 147, I believe, is the number of uh, House Republicans and, and House and Senate Republicans who voted not to certify the election. That is a direct violation Incorrect. of their oath of office. There, there, there's no, it, it, there's no reasonable defense, you know. Even to the extent that there was a claim of fraud, right, that claim needs to be litigated by the courts, and it's not appropriate for the House Republicans or the Senate Republicans to vote against the certifying of the electors that are coming from the states, that are, that are certified by the Secretary of State, many of whom were Republicans. There are more Republican Secretaries of State than there are Democrats in the nation, and they all sent their their certification to Washington, and then the Republicans voted against it on, on the basis of spurious claims. Now, those claims can be litigated in the courts, but it's inappropriate for them to vote against the certification of the election um, in the House and the Senate. That's a clear dereliction of their duty and in in, in their oath of office. You're not allowed to just say, no, we don't like the results of the election, so we're not going to certify it. That's banana republic stuff. And um, it's become increasingly clear to me that from, you know, I was more, we had a show um, 
John Hollywood and I had a show on January 7th. It, it, it happened January 6th, the insurrection and coup attempt happened on a Monday, and we had our show on a Tuesday that week, I believe. And um, I was shocked and, and disgusted, ultimately thought that there would be um, an appropriate backlash from Republicans and other people who care about the rule of law and the peaceful transition of power and the idea of democracy. And that just didn't happen. It, you know, shortly thereafter, people like McConnell and obviously like Liz Cheney and several other Republicans came out and basically said that this was terrible and this should never happen again, the insurrection attempt. But then a few months later, They've kind of seen the way the political winds are blowing, and I am actually right now, today, on June 3rd, 2021, more concerned that they're going to re-attempt to do a coup or an insurrection again um, based upon the, the Republican Party's complete capitulation to Donald Trump, even though he's no longer in power and he has a terrible record of electoral success and he's under multiple criminal investigations. They just it, – it doesn't matter. The policy doesn't matter. What matters is the power and the, the fact that the media landscape is so siloed such that a huge percentage of the people who really need to hear that – what's going on constitutes being a traitor and a violation of the oath of office from these Republican congressmen, that the people who need to hear that never hear it or don't understand the facts or are intentionally misinformed. So um, I'm really, really concerned about the state of our democracy. I'm really, truly concerned. And I do think, you know, you, you teased, John teased in the top of the show, um, the idea of um, Donald Trump, you know, saying I, I'm going to be president again in August. Um, we really should take that threat seriously. They, they are, there, there's chatter among conservatives and I don't even want to call them conservatives. Uh, uh, there's chatter amongst Donald Trump extremists and terrorists that right. indicates that they may be planning something again. Just like there was chatter in anticipation of January 6th and close followers of the news like myself were able to identify that there was a decent chance that there would be some sort of violent insurrection or problematic protest of some kind on January 6th. I, it appears that something similar is going to happen in August and take that threat incredibly seriously. Um, does that make sense? Just, okay. I'm, I'm following you wholeheartedly. Uh, the biggest thing is that with all these different factions of the Republican Party and with the Democrat Party getting different stories and different things out there, we're not even doing our job as Democrats to get – a solid story out there and contradict what's going on with the Republican Party's big lie. And even inside their own party, they're split over who's Trumpisms and who's a never-Trumper. And they've been fractioned so much that they've lost kind of the core of who their party is. And even with stuff mm. like the um, big votes that are coming up with the Supreme Court looking at Roe versus Wade, you have a divided mm. you have a divided group who's still trying to hold on to the same values, but they're not as effective as they could be if they were solid. A solid Republican Party standing shoulder to shoulder. So it's it's a really weird time where you almost have like a spectrum of parties instead of just two parties. Uh, we were talking earlier about um, when they should be removed. 
when you're not doing your job, mm. I mean, basically, you've I'm sure you've sat with a job review, Warch, uh, and uh, you've gotten sat down and where they give you like a couple of your these are where you need improvement, and this is where you need to. For a job that you only work like 15 days out of the year, and you then you hawk yourself for the next promotion the rest of the year if you don't take time off, it, it seems like it's very difficult for them to do like the pomp and circumstance, the traditional stuff that shouldn't even be a, a political divide. That shouldn't be uh, voting for the president who's voted for by the people shouldn't be something that should be a question about parties. That should be seriously a question about freedoms. That should be a question about voting, and that should be a question about are we United States citizens. It's that easy. What do you think about that? So I have I have a few different responses to that, and I think your your analysis is interesting, and I, I generally agree. I, I do think that to be a congressman is a very challenging job, and to, to, to call it not a full-time job is, is not entirely accurate. But the, the, to be a congressman – you you swear an oath, and and that oath right. is not to a party, and it's definitely not to one man. It is to the constitution and, and to the betterment man. of the United States of America. And and when you take actions that are just blatantly, obviously contrary to the constitutional order uh, in a functional democracy. I mean, we're talking about the thing that distinguishes us from animals, from, 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 from autocrats, is, is that we, we have an election, and when there's an election, there's a peaceful transfer of power. Um, that we've you know, the, the thing that, Right, we've and we've never had this kind again. of problem. And, and every time there's, you know, elections have winners and losers, and every Congress ever that has had a presidential election has certified the presidential election with no difficulty because it's obvious that they need to they need to do so to fulfill their duty under the constitutional order and protect american democracy but then when they fail to do so it's it's an existential threat to American democracy and to um, liberal democracy and Western democracy globally. You know, I, I, I often talk about American policy and American politics on this show, but um, if you look kind of beyond America to other trends, for example, um, Russian expansionism, uh, Chinese um, market expansionism, and uh, the you know the aggressive use of loans t- for with countries like uh, uh, Sri Lanka and Madagascar to try to uh, you know America is under threat. It's it's there's there's a lot of reasons why America needs to band together in this moment in time, and instead we have one of the two major political parties um, seeming to support the interests of America's um, global adversaries. No, they're they're supporting, you know, the the GOP at the federal level, especially with regards to the issue of election interference and um, the the January 6th insurrection attempt, is furthering the interests of China and Russia and other bad actors on the world stage. I, I mean, 
that's never happened before in the history of America. And um, it is absolutely a violation of the oath of office that they, every single one of those individuals took when they um, swore, when they were sworn into their office and they should be removed. Now, what is the actual mechanism for removal? It's a two thirds vote. And, the Democrats don't have that kind of a um, majority, so it won't happen. But as, oh, as a legal, me, theoretical – go ahead. Do, do me a favor. You sent me a text message the other night mm-hmm. that said mm-hmm. – um, read that text message because it says in there um, kind of what the procedure is. And Copperhead, do you want to step in and talk just for a minute? Well, I think the big thing to say about this kind of a, a de-election, I guess, or the demotion of a congressman or a senator is the fact that it's a check and balance, that our government was set up that we, the people, directly vote for all of our leaders and that, that Congress can keep itself in check by removing bad eggs, if you will, and that helps keep them uh, honest and sincere with each other as a brethren kind of thing, and they're, keeping, they're holding each other up to high regards. But when, like almost said, when you have half of your party that's – not even going to look twice while they follow blindly off to the King Lemur, then like you're, you don't have that accountability to each other. It falls apart. So what's, who's holding them accountable? Well, it's us as voters that now have to step in and say, we believe in you. So we vote for you and we don't believe in you. So we're, we're moving on. We'll replace you with somebody else. Metal. Are you there almost? I think we may have lost everyone. Basically, with our system, though, that we're set up as that Congress and the president is set up to be able to be switched out uh, every so often so that their terms, A, could be limited and they're not going to be an aristocracy like a king. And then also so that we had a clean uh, division of power, that those powers were not only checking each other, but checking themselves and keeping themselves honorable. So not, so it's called the separation of powers and checks and balances. That's what you exactly. that's what you learn about, you know, from what you call it. Uh, I, I just a bill. Um, but, um, something that yes, that's what I was thinking of. But um, something that um, John Hollywood and I had been ta- discussing earlier this week that he was referencing a few minutes ago was um, the legal definition of the crime of sedition. Okay. Right. And, and and sedition is it's not quite the same as treason because treason involves a foreign enemy against the government and sedition involves a domestic enemy attempting to overthrow the government by force now the crime of sedition go ahead is, would you compare sedition to like a mutiny as opposed to like a Pirating over a ship, would those be kind of like a pirating? Would be the insurrection. That would be the, <laughs> I like your, I like your analogy. Yes, I. That yes, kind of good, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. Sedition is internal, treason is external. But right. the, the idea with sedition is that it's typically a seditious conspiracy, right? If you're going to overthrow the government by force, which that's what the crime of sedition makes illegal, the overthrow of the government by force. And um, if you're going to overthrow the government by force and you're coming after the American government, it, it's not going to work just one guy, right? 
Um, right. you, you know, this is not a super superhero movie. We're talking about real life. And there, there had to have been a conspiracy. And I'm not talking about the, uh, you know, the earth is flat, chemtrails conspiracy theory. I'm talking about the legal definition of the crime of conspiracy, which is when two or more persons get together and have an, do an overt act in furtherance of a crime. And so what I, what I believe occurred is that there was a conspiracy to commit sedition involving multiple members of the federal GOP, including uh, Congress people like Paul Gosar and Mo Brooks. Um, I mean, we're talking about – that's a pretty serious okay. allegation I just levied. But, well, we're um, going to definitely cover some of that, but with, that's the music, so that means that we need to go ahead and sure. start getting ready for our commercial breaks. John Hollywood, what do we have coming up next? We can't hear you. Can't hear you right now at all. Okay, right now he's just saying that we have uh, coming here. We have so much coming up right now, and there one thing is, is Joe Manchin, a Republican undercover. He is being a Democratic obstructionist of every single thing that our current president is trying to do. And also, we're going to talk about Matt Gates, almost his favorite person. He is now facing <laughs> new federal charges, and we'll tell you what they, those are. And they are a lot more serious than the starting charges that there were. And we'll talk about that when we come back. This is All You Need to Know Radio, brought to you by... And when we come back, we'll start going on with that conversation. You're listening to All You Need to Know Radio, broadcasting in America and around the world. We'll be right back. Medicine, housing, food. It's just amazing to just raise money for such a cause. We're helping children. Thank Thank you. It's a great cause. Friendship. Home, I go to smartsign.com. I order fantastic safety signs and labels. Glow in the dark signs. I got great bathroom signs. You can even order custom signs. Mom's got to lay down the law. SmartSign, America's top online sign retailer. Use offer code YouTube10 for 10% off products at SmartSign.com through December 31st. All right, guys, I don't know what you're doing for New Year's, but uh, or not New Year's, excuse me. This is Gay Pride Month. We want to say happy Pride to everyone out there, but... This is who's going to be in Dallas, Texas, Friday night. That is going to be Mr. Ty Herndon. He is going to be at the Cedar Springs Tap House. 
And I will tell you, it, you need to make sure that you get there if you want to hear this. Okay, guys, this is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need. Hey, guys, Ty Herndon here. You know, this song's always been very... I heard it at the Cedar Springs Tap House. Make sure you get tickets. It's going to sell out. And who knows, Ty may feel even sexy. Or, you know, last concert I was at, he's like, I'm not in the mood to do this. But maybe he'll do this for you, ladies. And, of course, the gentlemen. Country music superstar Ty Herndon for Gay Pride is going to be for one night only live in Dallas, Texas at the Cedar Springs Tap House. Make sure that you get there early. Go to Events Bright to get your tickets. These tickets are going to sell out. Also, Ty will be selling merchandise and he will be doing a meet and greet. And All You Need to Know Radio will be there live. Maybe we'll get to chat with Mr. Herndon and ask him about this song. You won't know where we're going till we get there. But baby, you can dream while I drive. Country music superstar Ty Herndon for Gay Pride in Dallas, Texas. Make sure you don't miss it and tell him that you heard about it on All You Need to Know Radio. Teardrops on her guitars. Yeah, how how well, how genius was it for her to record a song by one of the most famous uh, country artists, Tim McGraw, 
to be her first number one hit. Right. Almost, are you a Taylor Swift out. fan? To be perfectly honest with you, I'm not a huge fan, but I respect her. Awesome. So let's. Mm-hmm. So did we get everything out we needed to get out about? Basically, we're all screwed. When somebody in a member gets gets elected, it is very very difficult to get them out of office, right? I mean, yeah. So there, there's basically two legal mechanisms. One is a uh, two-thirds vote by the chamber to expel them. Uh, the other is an impeachment, which again would require a two-thirds conviction by the Senate. Um, so either way, it's pretty unlikely to happen. But I think it's an important point that um, they they are likely guilty of a seditious conspiracy. And because they are likely the parties who are responsible for the conspiracy, of course they're going to vote against certifying the election in violation of their oath of office. The, the whole idea here is sedition and overthrow of the, of the democratic process because they don't like the results of the, the free and fair election. So um, my, my point, I think, is not so much that as a technical or procedural matter, the Democrats should – make a serious attempt to um, remove the individuals who voted not to certify the election um, from Congress. I don't think they should do that. What I think they should do is they should stand up, and they're, they're doing it okay, but I wish they would do it more and more clearly. Stand up and clearly allege the seditious conspiracy. Stand up and clearly explain that these people are traitors, not, not oh, my, my, my – Oh, you did forget a third brother, option that we have, a third mechanism that we have for that? Uh, removing Congress. We, the people, vote them in. They represent us, right. and if they do not agree with the terms of what we think that they should be doing, we have the option of removing them. And that's going to be very interesting in this midterm elections about who sticks around and who gets replaced after this January mm-hmm. 6th insurrection happened. Well, I have, I have some bad news for you on that. Um, Copperhead, and for all of your I'm listeners, my, my, my news for you is this. If, if historical trends hold, the Democrats will almost certainly lose seats in the House in 2022. Almost every single time, the incumbent loses seats in Congress um, in the midterm so what elections. Hope, what we can hope is that these are not normal times. I agree, and I think that in order to be successful in those midterm elections and, and you know, the subsequent presidential election in 2024, the Democrats need to do a significantly better job of messaging. We are Amen. pissed. The country is upset. The, the, the 60, 62%, 3% of people who support um, rational transfer of power and don't believe that the big lie um, are incredibly upset about what's going on in our government. And for whatever reason, our representatives, well, I can think of a few reasons, but for, for, for several reasons, our representatives, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and, and, and Harris and all of the other leaders of the Democratic Party are not doing enough to call a spade a spade and clearly message that these people are traitors and seditionists, cannot be trusted. You, you can't mm-hmm. – they're trying to bargain with them over the infrastructure bill? Are you kidding me? 
forget about the freaking infrastructure bill. There's a, there's a seditious conspiracy in progress. They're currently yeah. trying to do it. I mean, they're, 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 they're planning to do another coup. Okay, so let's so move on to the obstructionist man of Joe Manchin. I mean... Okay, so, so that issue, we're talking about, with, with Mr. Manchin and with Christian Cinema, we're talking about an issue of procedure versus um, policy. And their perspective, and I, I, I understand their perspective, is that the Senate is supposed to be a deliberative body where we don't move things through the Senate at a 51-49 vote because that unfairly tramples, tramples the will of the minority um, such that if we were to ever lose power, the Republicans could just ram everything through with, with nothing, um, with, with no recourse for the minority party in the Senate. So I, I understand their perspective. I just, in this unique time, I strongly disagree. And I think that they have some, those two senators in particular, Manchin in West Virginia and Cinnamon in Arizona, have some um, very interesting political lines to toe. In West Virginia in particular, it's hard for a Democrat to win statewide office these days. And Manchin has done it pretty consistently by being this um, uh, kind of centrist, I'm the check against the, the progressive um, agenda in the Democratic Party. That's been his selling point in West Virginia. So it's like I understand his perspective. I just think he's wrong. And it's more important, you know, I believe it's 14 states now are – have either passed or are in the process of passing significant restrictive voting laws um, by where Republican legislatures are making it far more challenging for uh, the poor, the young, and the downtrodden to vote, including many minorities, and making it so really it's very hard to vote unless you're a landowner, and most of the landowners in you know the South happen to be white. It's it's very similar to Jim Crow. It's kind of a second Jim Crow. And so we need a Federal Voting Rights Act like we did in the 1960s. And that's what H.R. 1 and S. 1 are, but they won't pass. So when, what, what would H.R. 1 and S. 1 do? Those are the bills in Congress that are currently pending that would um, – codify on a national level how voting should be done. So things like having um, election day itself be a national holiday, things like ha having certain specified rules for mail-in ballots or ballot drop boxes or provisional ballots or absentee ballots. And um, the, the, the issue is that right now there's a mishmash of increasingly restrictive restrictions, and so we need to pass S-1 through the Senate. It's already passed the House, and so it can go to Biden's desk and become law, and we can prevent the Texas GOP from stealing your, your right to vote, or um, we can prevent the Arizona GOP from making it almost impossible to uh, obtain an absentee ballot, um, and, or, 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 you know, make it so you, you get find a thousand dollars for for mailing out a provisional ballot when you shouldn't have as a poll worker exactly there's all kinds of ridiculous restrictions so the the primary reason in my mind why the filibuster is so incredibly 
bad right this moment, right now, is that we need this voting rights legislation. It's the most important legislation that we could possibly pass. And um, it's not happening because Manchin and to a lesser extent cinema, and apparently there are several other Democratic senators who are not as in the public spotlight who agree with this position, have decided that they are not going to make any amendments to the filibuster. Now, I think that there are some stopgap measures or some partial measures that could potentially result in a promise. I would like to see a reverse cloture vote and a requirement that a senator who filibusters must actually stand up and talk when they are right. filibustering rather than sending an email. And then the additional the, – the, the negative cloture vote would be there has to be at least 40 individuals, 40 individual senators in the room during the filibuster. So if you want to filibuster to extend debate, well, you've got to have enough people in the room to count it, to count it as debate, and you've got to actually stand up and talk. Right now, they, they threaten to filibuster by sending an email, and that is the same as, as standing on the floor of the Senate and talking to your eyes bleed. Well, I think we should reform the filibuster to require an actual speaking filibuster with a negative cloture vote, and that would result in a lot more um, good legislation that way they have for Biden's agenda. Absolutely, guys. But that music right the there means we need to take a break. And uh, we'll be right back, and we'll continue this conversation of the obstructionist of Joe Manchin. Is he a Democrat? Is he a Republican? I'm not sure. The way he's voting sure is not the way he needs to be voting. But we'll be right back. This is the beautiful woman that Alex Rodriguez stupidly cheated on and lost her hand in marriage, Jennifer Lopez, waiting for tonight. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. From Safe Light Stories, this couple was on a camping trip when their windshield got a chip. They drove to Safe Light for a same-day repair. And with their insurance, it was no cost to them. Really? That's service you can trust. Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Repair. News outlets no longer provide the truth. I'm Joshua Phillip senior investigative reporter with the Epoch Times, and we stand for truth and tradition. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. This isn't just a mission of the paper, it's a mission of those involved in it. It's something we truly believe in. The Epic Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. The Epic Times is a nonpartisan media. That means we don't stand for any political party. Our values are truth. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition.
All right, everybody, welcome back to America's number one show, All You Need to Know Radio, heard around the world and in America. Thank you so much. That was Alanis Morissette. And like Alanis Morissette, Lady Gaga, uh, Taylor Swift, Garth Brooks, all major artists have all canceled their tours for the remaining of the year because of COVID. 2022 is going to be the year to save your money for concerts, and it's going to be amazing. So let's go back to Almost. This is All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, John Hollywood. Almost Woolridge is my co-host with Copperhead, is hmm. our investigative reporter. And Almost, let's uh, go back to the Benedict Arnold of um, Joe Manchin. He was actually... Sure. He was actually interviewed by CNN today, and, you know, here's the deal. Like, I'm watching the news right now, and Mike, Mike Pence is actually defending Donald Trump right now, and Pence or Trump in, on January 6th, I don't know if we'll ever see it eye to eye in the same way. Instead of saying, that's what Mike Pence just said. Uh, let's move, move the side about Joe Manchin to the side for a second. They were walking through the Capitol. There was recordings of hang Mike Pence being screamed to the point Mike Pence heard it as the Secret Service and the Capitol Police, which a lot of Republicans seem to have forgotten this insurrection even happened, even even though they were saving their lives. I, I don't get this. What is going on? Well, it's that's a good question, John, and it's you're 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 absolutely right to um call out Mr. Pence for his um obvious dissembling and um clear mis misstatements and untruths. I mean, he was there, he was a target, it was obviously a coup or an insurrection attempt. His boss Mr. Trump specifically called for him to be um called him a traitor and said that he should be taken out or something like that. I don't remember the exact words. And um, he now, just as, you know, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, the Republican minority leader, a day or two after January 6th, was saying things like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. There needs to be a complete investigation. And he's reneged. He's changed his mind. He's decided actually it wasn't so bad. And, um, you know, we, there's definitely no need to do an investigation or a commission. Uh, it's all partisan anyway. Well, um, he, they're wrong. He's wrong. Pence is wrong, and and McCarthy is wrong. Um, it, it was quite obvious what happened. As you said, there's video. You know, in addition to screaming "Hang my Pence," they literally set up a working gallows. Um, it, it they they were targeting Mr. Pence's life, which is sedition. It is a crime to attempt to overthrow the federal government by force. Um, and, and it was clearly pre-planned with I think that, um, people other. I Go think ahead. Threatening the president or the vice president is one of the worst crimes that you could commit, and it's punishable by death, isn't it? I, <laughs> I'm not a federal criminal expert, and I'm not 100% sure. I don't want to give bad legal advice on the radio. Um, I, I will say that um, 
the punishment of treason is death. Um, I, I think sedition may have may be punishable by death. I'm not 100% certain. Um, I, I do think a conspiracy to commit sedition is likely not punishable by death, but is certainly punishable by a prison sentence. But understand that there's more than one crime here. I mean, uh, a terroristic threat is a crime. Um, I believe there are specific crimes against threatening elected leaders. Um, so, uh, and then there's that you know, two-thirds vote that you need. Right, two-thirds vote. And so, an appropriate to the extent that I'm correct, and the allegation that I made uh, 20 minutes ago that there were members of Congress directly implicated in the conspiracy, in the seditious conspiracy. I mean, that's a hell of an allegation that I made. And to the extent that that's a correct allegation, the the correct mechanism would be an impeachment of the House members by the House of Representatives and a trial in the Senate, which would then remove them um, if they were found guilty of seditious conspiracy. But hey, almost, my I don't suspicion mean is that's not going to happen. Real quick. Mm-hmm. We've got about 15 people that are sitting on hold on the switchboard, guys. We are not going to be taking phone calls live. I apologize this show. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I don't remember giving the number, but if you would like to ask any of us a question, email us at allyouneedtoknowradio at gmail.com. We'll be more than happy to respond to you that way. We are just not going to be taking like calls Instagram. live on this show. So uh, go ahead. Uh, almost, I apologize for interrupting you. No, you're totally fine, and that's, I'm glad that other people want to talk about this because it's a very serious issue. Um, you know, to the extent that an impeachment and a removal – is not going to occur. I mean, that's a political process. We're talking about how to remove the representative when they commit uh, horrible crimes. You you do it through the political process of impeachment. But they can still be indicted. They can be charged with a crime while in office, like Matt Gates. Well, he hasn't been indicted yet, or but like Duncan Hunter was a few years ago. Um, You can, you know, if, for example, Paul Paul Gosar... The indictments are coming. Well, you know, it's interesting, sir, because something like 400 individuals who participated in the sedition, in in the riot or whatever you want to call it. Oh, um, I'm talking talking about Matt Gates, your favorite person. Oh yeah, he's coming. That's for sure. I I agree. He's going to be indicted, but um, <laughs> or it's very very likely that he's going that he's going to be indicted. But um, the, the the point that I'm trying to make is um, you know, 400 or so of the individuals who ransacked the Capitol have been indicted in the federal system, and many of them are being held without ba- without bail because of yeah. their um, yeah. horrific acts and, and crimes. Um, well, but do it again, what hasn't happened? What, what hasn't happened to the people who planned it? Who freaking right. planned it? We actually talked about this the other week um, when we were talking. We, when we did take the call, and there was that uh, gentleman who made Donald, the point that there were porta potties. I'll say it. Donald Trump mm-hmm. planned it. Donald, but Trump, he didn't do it alone, John. I agree. I agree. He was the he was the figurehead, but he didn't do right. it alone. There was, you know, he's incompetent. He's incompetent to do um, uh, detailed logistical planning. That's not what he did. Um, he, he was the mastermind and the figurehead, but then a bunch of other people did detailed logistical planning. Um, those and are the, the people who I think who are. 
Yeah, and the financial backing, precisely, David. And, and those people, I think, are properly subject to indictment based on my understanding of the law and the facts, but they have yet to be indicted, and I see no movement from the from Merrick Garland, the, the Department of Justice, or Joe Biden in enforcing our laws. I mean, the Democrats have the executive branch. We have the Department of Justice. Let's use it. Let's give a huge let's give a huge benefit of a doubt here. Because if there was somebody mm-hmm. that was super shady with unlimited funds that was able to do something like planning an insurrection on the sixth and everything, I think that with uh Biden especially after our former administration Tapping onto the CIA or tapping onto the FBI and say we need this to be solid before we release any sort of information. There mm. could be, there's always investigations going on behind the scenes, whether or not they're direct ones that we're thinking of. But there's always going to be. I hope you're right. Of, there's going to be. We'll figure it out eventually because the money doesn't just disappear. That even after it's spent, it still has a trail. I, I hope you're right, uh, Copperhead. It's it's a tough one though because typically. The, the Department of Justice, you know, it's unlikely. I, I feel like I would have seen something in the news, right. in the New York Times or something like that, um, if there was, if it was more a spook, major investigation like a, into that. If it was mm-hmm. more spook, like a CIA or FBI kind of investigation, they do keep things a little bit closer to the chest. That is true. That is true. They didn't in the Trump administration, but that is the normal procedure. You're exactly right. Okay, so let's move on to our favorite person, Matt Gates. So for everybody mm-hmm. out there that doesn't know, uh, first of all, this is All You Need to Know Radio, heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday night live. And beware, there is no spin on this show. Everything you hear will be the absolute truth. So any other shows you're watching – you do, those, you do that at your own peril because we are here to tell you what the truth is. And you may not like the truth, but it is what it is, and it is where our country is. The, tonight's show is brought to you by American Wealth Group USA. If you have any IRS problems and are looking for IRS relief, remember the IRS is one of the most powerful agencies in our federal government, and they literally can imprison you for not paying your taxes. So if you'd like to call 469-399-6390, uh, they should be able to help you. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on All You Need to Know Radio, and you get 50% off their services for the next 24 hours. Okay, so let's move on to Matt Gates. Matt Gates is what is a kiss-ass of uh, the former president. And let's just talk about the former president. Uh, in the last 48 hours, this blog, because Donald, uh, because Donald Trump, I'll say his name, why not? He was removed from social media because he violated every policy, procedure, and act that they had. And not only violated it, he violated it over and 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 over again to the point that Jack and the world owes Jack, the owner of Twitter, I can't think his last name, we owe you a Dorsey. Debt. Jack Dorsey, we owe you whatever you want in this world. If you are not following on Twitter, go follow on Twitter because Jack Dorsey is the first one that removed Donald Trump from social media from Twitter. Which what, was interesting, he, what was interesting? What was interesting? As soon as that Trump was, as soon as Trump was removed, internet bullying went down seventy-five percent across the board. No, that, sorry, that was a joke. 
That's not a real no, statistic. No, it's very true. It, it went down 78% of all the negative and misinformation. Exactly. Um, but Matt, uh, Matt Gates is someone who kissed Donald I mean, the, what he did is he made sure that he was in every picture of Donald Trump that he could be in, and he made sure that he got on, uh, around him. And so Matt, Donald Trump, like he, Donald Trump is such a sucker, that, <laughs> you know, that you would think the president of the United States would be a little bit more protected, but not with Donald Trump. You could have been uh, anyone, and if you just said, oh, your hair looks great, you would have become his best friend. That's just pathetic, sad, but we'll move on from there. Matt Gates started doing, he started traveling with Donald Trump, and it caught the eye of the Justice Department by William Barr, which is actually funny. It was actually Donald Trump's Justice Department that actually started looking into Matt Gates. They started looking into Matt Gates for, of course, campaign uh, uh, contributions. Yeah, exactly. And but the but then it turned criminal when it was found out that he was dating or had had sex with a younger uh, a woman, and then that possibly he was involved with child trafficking. And for me, you touch a child. I hope that there is a special place in hell for you. But there were there were he was showing pictures of naked. Uh, of his, uh, not I won't say accomplishments, um, but I'll say he was showing pi- pictures of naked of, of naked women that were underage that other congressmen were laughing at. Those people need to be dealt with too because that means we have pedophiles in our Congress. Because any man that can look at a, a woman underage and laugh at it and not grab it out of his hand and say, "What the hell are you doing, man? What what's wrong with you?" Does not Especially need to be right there. Exactly. So anyway, the, the, the Department of Justice started looking at Matt Gates for child trafficking, underage, uh, hanging out with underage women, having sex, and uh, I won't even go through all the, the drugs and stuff that have been mentioned because uh, it's not necessary. But now this stupid mother, excuse me, this stupid guy. Has made it has made it worse because have you ever heard what's called uh, intimidating a witness? That's a bad mm-hmm. bad thing. It's worse than what he's being looked at for. Have you ever heard of um, obstruction of justice? Ask Donald Trump about that. Now Matt right. Gates by the Department of Justice as of this morning they have opened up two new investigations, both criminal into Matt Gates, one for obstruction of justice and one for contact. And in, in, I don't, almost you may need to help me with this, but he contacted sure. a witness that is under, uh, that is talking to the Department of Justice. So I'm going to let, almost start with this and then we'll let Copperhead comment. Sure. Thank you. And yeah, you're, um, it's important that we're factually accurate on this show. So I want to um, slightly correct one of your uh, reported facts, um, uh, b- because the the minor in question, or she's actually no longer a minor, but because the Almost, woman in question, let me let, let me um, remind you, Kelly mm-hmm. Kelly Conway's famous thing: there are no alternative facts. If I said something wrong, I said it wrong. It wasn't right. an alter- It was not an alternative facts. Alternative facts are not facts. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Yeah, no. And you're all good, my right. dude. I mean, your reporting was basically correct. I just um, – uh, because the woman was 17 at the time, the, the conduct um, – Okay, so it constitutes child sex trafficking. It's, it's a federal crime to uh, have a person under the age of 18 travel across state lines with you for sexual services, for sexual purposes. And um, apparently um, uh, uh, Matt Gates took this uh, – this is an allegation, but it's, it's apparently quite well corroborated – that Matt Gates took this woman to the Bahamas when she was 17 years old where he proceeded to have sex with her and – and uh, she received monetary compensation in exchange from his co-conspirator, Joel Greenberg. Um, and so when um, the uh, people in, on the Senate floor, or the House floor rather, were shown photographs of Matt Gates's women, um, there, there's no there, – it has not been well reported, but it, it's, it's unlikely that they had knowledge that he, she was actually underage at the time. And so – it's probably not um, uh, an ethical or a criminal violation for those congressmen who were shown those photographs to have not reported it. Um, that said, uh, Gates is super in trouble, um, and I think he's very likely to be indicted for uh, the child sex trafficking and um, uh, other uh, state-level crimes related to the solicitation of prostitution. Um, but then I also think he's <laughs> potentially state-level crimes related to uh, drug possession. <laughs> and um, But I also think he's likely to get uh, charged with some other federal crimes related and it actually to could be, It actually could be uh, if he's taking drugs over state lines, he could be considered somebody distributing drugs, which would really right. be bad for him. Well, I think that the evidence uh, that I've seen, at least the reporting, because I haven't really seen the detailed evidence, but the reporting of what that evidence is indicates that he was taking the drugs. I hadn't seen reporting that indicated that you know, it was he who was personally carrying it. But I do agree that if there's evidence that he was transporting ecstasy or cocaine across state lines, that is certainly a federal crime. Um, and uh, obstruction of justice – Obstruction of justice and witness tampering is also a federal crime. It's in my understanding, and I think this is what John was referencing a minute ago, that um, one of the young ladies who uh, Matt Gates and Joel Greenberg have had these sex parties with um, has – actually, I think maybe more than once. I think several of them have turned state's witness and began cooperating with the FBI, and um, it is my understanding that uh, Gates – had attempted to influence their 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 testimony or their interview to the FBI um, after basically after all this went down after it was reported and um, that is I mean a prima facie case for witness tampering it's it's really really hard to get. To be in contact with a known state's witness as a criminal defendant and it not be witness tampering, which, I mean, it's a federal felony for a reason. Well, and the thing is, is I, just out of curiosity, how many different mm-hmm. associates of Donald Trump has had um, sexual conquests as part of their job description? He seems to be like everyone <laughs> who associates with him for any length of time has underage prostitutes or a lady on the side or they get – quoted saying where they're going to do their fingers where in the middle of Times Square. Does that seem to be like a conscious choice that he makes in friends? Uh, 
You know, that's really, this is a really interesting question, and I just think that, you know, sometimes cr- criminality begets criminality, and, um, you Where's know, Trump... That, that's kind of what I'm saying, but I also think that there may be something a little bit more deep and a little bit more insidious. We, we've talked about the conspiracy on January 6th quite a lot today, but we, you know what we haven't talked about today, and it's towards the end of the show, so we can't go into too much detail, is we, we haven't talked too much about the international conspiracy, um, probably led by Russia, where Donald Trump is probably compromised. And so, you know, Donald Trump, one of his long-term um, – Fixer, somebody who had an office right down the hall from him in Trump Tower, George Nader, um, was caught with a bunch of compromising, very disturbing, not a 17-year-old girl, but like very, very disturbing images of like two-year-old boys and stuff, um, with bestiality and all kinds of disgusting things. And Mr. Nader uh, turned state witness, and um, he uh, has – likely provided evidence that helped the CIA in taking down um, it, it, it Mike Flynn's attempt to to, to uh, exfiltrate uh, Gulen um, from on behalf of Turkey. So, you know, the point that I'm trying to make, and it's kind of a roundabout way of doing it, is because Donald Trump is compromised to the hilt for a hundred different reasons in different ways, and we never really followed the money, so it's hard to to determine exactly how he's compromised. It doesn't surprise me that he has other people in his orbit who have similar proclivities and habits because they also get compromised. Does that make sense? Well, absolutely. We're living in a world right now where we have outside forces such as Russia and China and North Korea, inside forces with the, you know, our hate crimes and, and, uh, neo-Nazi groups and that sort of stuff, and they're all with the purpose mm-hmm. of dismantling, dismantling what we already have. So if we had a leader in charge who was compromised, those members of those parties already have a foothold in. And so it kind of becomes, like I said, a birds of a feather, and water finds its own level, whatever yeah. phrase you want to use, and you find out that those people who are compromised and those people who are trying to do what they can for themselves to save themselves and their family because those people over there are having freedoms and equal rights – they're 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 all in the same party for the same reason so mm-hmm. definitely watch your friends if, if you don't know how, how somebody is check their friends you'll know exactly how they are i i like that i think i agree so and 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 my my, my general big picture view of donald trump and matt gates let's take a and let's take a george step, nader further than that. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's these people about, that, that, go ahead, please. Sorry, I was going to ask you about what is your opinion on Russia and China and North Korea? How how have they affected it? Do you think they had parts to do with the insurrection? And do you think like, I mean, that would be an easy way to find the financing, right? Is to follow the money. And that, that, that's, the, a, that's a very, very big question you're asking, Copperhead. I think that, um, I, I, I think that Russia, more than China and North Korea, Russia likely had some sort of true horrific compromising information on Donald Trump, which caused him to do a bunch of things favorable to Russia and still do a bunch of things favorable to Russia. Um, Do I think that Vladimir Putin personally directed the the January 6th insurrection? To be honest with you, no, I don't. Um, What is the level to which – 
the Russian government or its like subsidiaries and agents um, right. in their oligarchic system have direct access to the Trump family and can kind of dictate policy. I would love to know the answer to that question, but I just don't. Well, and then on, um, and on it, top of we that, need better investigation. Yeah, and if nothing else, they've definitely influenced social media and the the great divide yep. that we have right now of communicating with people. So they've definitely had influence, if not actualities on it. Absolutely, so guys. That, that was that's right. That was some great. That was some great uh, conversation and great uh, education uh, from both of you, especially you, almost as far as reminding everybody that really this is. We want to make sure that, especially. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, I, I'm not like anyone else. A lot of people don't like to be corrected. I actually like to be not lying to millions of people. <laughs> Un- unlike, uh, in- yeah, exactly. So uh, real quick, that music means, of course, like our topper had said, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the ruling from the appellate court. If you are currently facing eviction, I want to make sure that you understand you do have rights. Do not be bullied by your landlord. This is the late, the great, gone way too soon. Whitney Houston, Million Dollar Bill. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Les Two This Is, it's your favorite radio host, John Hollywood with All You Need to Know Radio, and I want to take some time out real quick to give a big shout out to an amazing law firm, Warwickshire Nunn. Guys, if you have any kind of legal problems of any kind, I mean, if you have personal injury, real estate, and um, business problems, transactions, if you need litigation help. Uh, par- I don't know about parking tickets, but man, this law firm does everything. If you have been taken advantage of and you think you have nowhere to turn, let me brighten your uh, eyes right now and put a smile on your face. Call 972-863-9592. That is 972 972- 863-9592. Ask for Hunter or Amos. And it is Warridge and Nun. That's Warridge and Nun. And they are a full-service law firm. They are so incredible, guys. One thing is they're trustworthy. The other is they actually will care about your case and explain it to you where you will be able to understand it. A lot of attorneys I've dealt with in my life, they like to talk over your head, not these guys. These guys want you to understand you do have a choice. 
You've got to be the one that makes the right choice. If you're having any problems legally, if you're having aggressive if you're having aggressive problems in your life to where you feel like you just have nowhere to turn, I've got the place you need to turn to. It is the law firm of Warwick and Nunn at 972-863-95. I can almost feel that dream I'm dreaming. But there's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaking, but I gotta keep trying, gotta keep my head held. All right, everybody, that is the country music superstar Ty Herndon, which he invades Dallas, Texas. For Gay Pride, Friday night at the uh, Tap House, uh, the Cedar Springs uh, Tap House, or the Tap House at Cedar Springs. Tickets are going to go quick. Contact them. I don't have their phone number right here, but if you go to tyherndon.com, also this post and any of our social media, we will definitely be uh, telling you uh, how you can get tickets. This show will sell out. It's for Gay Pride. Keep listening. I can almost feel that dream I'm dreaming. But there's a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach. Ty Herndon, guys. Cedar Springs Tap House, Friday night. Put it on your calendar. This guy is incredible live. Texas, we've got a privilege for you. Ty Herndon is back on tour. He will be live in Dallas, Texas for Gay Pride. Happy Pride, everybody out there. Make sure you get out there to see this artist. He's one of my best friends in the world. He is also going to be doing meet greets for certain people. Make sure you get out there. I'll let you listen to a little more, and then you've got to come out and see him live. He said, man, you are insane Then he asked me for your number And now his left eye is black And I want my goodbye back I had a momentary Be strong I've done it for so long This time I have to remember This time to get what I Ty Herndon, Friday night. Go and make sure that you go to the tap, the Cedar Springs on the tap. Down in the jungle room, 
everybody welcome back to all you need to know radio thank you so much for joining us once again thank you for joining us a little bit late we had some uh technical difficulties which we are working through we want to let you know we are about to be broadcasting live on youtube instead of instagram love you instagram followers want to also tell you guys thank you so much from everyone at all you need to know radio and from the bottom of my heart we are at 312,000 followers. Last week, we were only at 301,000 followers. So everybody out there is spreading the word, and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Remember, if you're not listening to All You Need to Know Radio, you are not in the know. Once again, this show is brought to you by American Wealth Group USA, 469-399-6390. If you need IRS relief, then that's who you need to call. And for the next 24 hours, you get 50% off. All right, almost. Are you there, sir? Yes, I am. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about this. Um, There are a lot of really scared people right now. Like there's millions and millions. I think the total's 13 million people that are worried about their home and uh, being put out on the street. And there is a CDC, and I want all the landlords out there to beware. I am putting you on notice that there is a CDC moratorium on evictions until the end of this month. And even if you're able to get a judge to uh, actually go through with the eviction, the landlord can still face criminal and civil charges based off of the fact you are violating a quarter, an order from the CDC. Now there's a lot of people that are scared and I also understand that landlords have to get paid too. So landlords need to be aware that in the rescue plan, the American rescue plan with Joe Biden, There's $55 billion that is put aside for landlords and for the first time, no, I'm sorry, for tenants, and for the first time, landlords can also file for relief also. And they can file for relief of up to 12 months of past due rent on their tenants. It is a little bit of work with anything having to deal with the government, but there is hope. But unfortunately, there was a Texas judge here that ignored the CDC order. And when he did, the Justice Department of the Biden administration reacted swiftly and got appealed his decision. Not only did he appeal, did they appeal his decision, they got a, a temporary injunction that the judge could not do any more evictions. Have I pretty much got that right? 
Um, well, to be perfectly frank, and I want to, I want your listeners to understand that I have not read these judicial opinions, so um, I'm kind of working off of news reports. Right. But my understanding is that you're essentially correct, and um, that uh, the CDC's eviction uh, moratorium remains in place. Um, I do want to be a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the law as I understand it, um, as it currently relates to evictions, um, with the understanding that the only place that I have a current active law license is the state of Texas, and this should not be relied upon by any person for legal advice. Um, my understanding is that um, it is actually not a total and complete ban on evictions. Um, what it is, is it's a ban on evictions if the um, defaulting tenant walks through several um, steps. They're, I believe, required to apply for uh, local housing assistance, and um, they're required to execute a CDC declaration before the um, eviction court in Texas is called a justice of the peace court um, and uh, where they attest that if they were to be evicted, they were likely to be homeless and the landlord has the ability to um, contest such an attestation if it is known to be false. So I, I think it's not a hundred percent accurate to state that there is a total moratorium on evictions, but what is the, that? Um, what is assertation? I love big words and learning things. What does assertation mean? Uh, an assertation um, is it's when you assert something. So um, it's like a statement of a fact. Uh, like um, I assert that my name is almost Warrench and I'm 36 years old. Um, that would be my – I am attesting um, to, to that fact. So it's kind of like a affidavit where you're saying – the. You know, here I am signing this document. I'm telling the judge if I get evicted, I'll be homeless. And if it were to come out at some sort of later date that that's just completely false, you could potentially be subject to penalties or just lose your lawsuit. Um, so I, I think that the, it's important for your listeners to understand that based upon my understanding of the law, this is not formal legal advice. Please talk to an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction if you have a question about a specific eviction scenario. But um, it is my understanding that it is a, a moratorium on evictions, but the tenant has to jump through some hoops. It's not Absolutely. as simple as it is not as simple as oh you can't even file an eviction and, and if you do you'll get in trouble. It's it's a little bit more complicated than that. That said, right. um, it is my understanding that there was a pretty large group of um, investors, some you know billionaires, street. Well, I don't actually know how wealthy they are, but some very um, powerful and wealthy uh, real estate owners who own multifamily apartment complexes uh, challenged the uh, legality, the constitutionality of the eviction moratorium in a United States district court. So they went to federal court and said, you, you need to lift this eviction moratorium. It's not fair to us. The uh, CDC, the Center for Disease Control, went over, was overbroad. They don't have the authority to dictate housing law, which, I mean, in a non-pandemic time is probably accurate. But in a pandemic, I think it does make sense. And what happened is the um, uh, district judge, so the trial court judge, agreed with the um, – 
landlords and issued an uh, injunction against enforcement of the CDC's order. And then the, the Biden administration appealed that order to the uh, circuit court. And the circuit court apparently, a three-judge panel um, a few days ago, issued a stay on that injunction, basically saying that the CDC's moratorium remains in place. Um, it is my understanding that the CDC and Biden intends to extend it at least one more time. But um, if Biden's new efforts with um, vaccinations, if, if he can actually reach his goal of 70% of the American public vaccinated by uh, the end of July of this year, so you know a month and a half from now, two months from now, um, 20% additional Americans be vaccinated. I, I anticipate that the CDC's order will be lifted in the fall or the winter of 2021. My information is that it will be extended to September 30th, but I want to make something yeah. very clear about this, okay? This moratorium mm-hmm. on evictions is hurting the landlords, and I know that everybody out there is. is like, oh my God, how can you defend them? Well, I can defend them because as much as I sit here and preach about, you know, the truth and the law and things like that, and I know just enough about the law for almost to smack me every time I say something wrong. So I get, I get smacked a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm good, dude. <laughs> but here's the deal. Just because there is a moratorium out there does not mean that you do not pay your landlord some type of rent. If you are using this moratorium, to just get over on your landlord, shame on you. And this is the way the moratorium works when it's lifted. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. When the moratorium is lifted, you will then own all the backed rent that you owed before, or you will be evicted. And what's going on here is you're supposed to really work with your landlord. And, it, you know, it, this is not for you to ignore your landlord. This is not for you not to pay them anything. I mean, you should try to pay them as if you have a $2,000 rent and you can't pay that bill, then you are living above your means and you need to move out and you need to get housing assistance. However, if you are trying to pay your rent, that's what this is for. This was never set up for you not to pay the landlords. And I want to make that very clear because I've done a lot of research on this. And this moratorium, even by Trump, even uh, you know by the former administration and now by Biden, this was never set up for you not to pay your rent. It was set up for you to pay as much of your rent as you could. You're supposed to be out there looking for jobs. You're not, you know, we are losing right now the extra $300 a week because for some reason, most Republican, ju- uh, most Republican governors are thinking that um, it's causing people to sit home and not look for jobs. Well, I'm not going to say that's not true because pe- there are, sadly, there's a lot of fraud. There are, you know, the, the dumbass people, the dumbass unemployment people in, in California gave criminals that are behind bars that are in the penitentiary on death row like scott peterson 1.4 billion dollars in fraud in in the unemployment thing because they weren't checking anything and i i have to laugh at that because seriously who doesn't know anyway 
But the bottom line is, is that I want to make sure from me that everybody understands I'm not advocating for you not to pay your rent. It is the very opposite. You are responsible for yourself. You are responsible for your bills and whatever you can pay, you should be killing yourself to pay your landlord because they are suffering also. If they don't already own their property, then they're also behind in their rent and they could lose the property that way, even though I think the moratorium would stop them from taking it at that point. And that's not fair to the landlord. So I really hope that everybody hears me loud and clear when this was not set up for you to sit home and not pay your bills. If that is what you're doing, when this moratorium is lifted, you will be put out on the street and have no one to blame but yourself. Do you agree with that almost? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't um, necessarily want to chide um, uh, hurting homeowners, but uh, your your analysis of the situation is essentially correct. The moratorium is not a rent moratorium. You have a private contract between uh, you and your landlord. Uh, you pay rent for uh, use of the space, use of possession of the property, and um, all the land – the only thing the CDC moratorium – does is say the landlord cannot sue for possession of the property um, if said possession would likely cause the tenant to become homeless. It has no forbearance of the landlord's right to collect the debt. Um, the debt still exists um, whether or not the uh, landlord is able to enforce the uh, uh, his his rights for forcible detainer for eviction uh, and to, to take back possession of the property. Um, the only the only real question is um, what's going to happen to the eviction courts when the CDC does in fact lift this moratorium. Um, are landlords going to flood the courts with evictions? Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, rental property. There's already a dearth. This is more of a business thing than a legal thing, but there's already a dearth of affordable housing in most large American cities where, um, you know, people are spending a lot of money in uh, hotels and stuff, uh, like extended stay hotels, because they, they can't, they can't, they don't have the rental history. They keep getting evicted and they, they don't have a sufficient income. And so they, they can never get into a house or a rent house or, a, or an apartment. And, you know, this is, that's more like a policy thing that the government should work to try to address poverty and uh, housing instability. But um, uh, with regards to the CDC moratorium for evictions, it is just that and just that only evictions. You still owe your landlord rent. Your legal analysis was correct. Copperhead, you're next. I wasn't ready for all that. Uh, as far as, as all the laws go, is that what you're wanting with the uh, housing? The big thing is I'm, – I'm more looking would, for your opinion as to what, you know, you, you've heard me talk about this several times. And right. It's been a very, very I want to make sure that no one out there thinks that I think this is a reason not to pay your rent. In fact, I think you should pay as much of your rent as you can because almost very – Poetically, just put and legally put, your rent does not go away. 
So once the moratorium is lifted and you haven't paid anything on it, you will be screwed and you won't have any assistance and no one to blame but yourself. I wanted you to comment on that. And well, well, part of that he was talking to was talking about the uh, the housing versus the owner versus the rentals and poverty and all the things that we need to look at as a society that we've kind of gotten ourselves into. I think this pandemic as a whole, and especially this housing crisis that we have now and the way that we were um, shipping and receiving things, our infrastructure that way, and then our divide between the rich and the poor is, is definitely things that have come in some stark contrast that wouldn't have been seen in these lights if we hadn't had the COVID go through. So seeing the the new information we have kind of and how how delicate our infrastructure is for our delivery systems and how inequality, you know, some people can go months and months and months without work, find the perfect job and live happily ever after. And some people have to hustle it for every day of the week to put hand to mouth kind of thing, and they don't have enough money to go around. So how is that that we can, you know, better everybody as a whole and not have another issue like this where if we go down into a shelter in place that our whole economic system is going to crash? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I tend to today. agree, and we're 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 getting onto some kind of very big topics. You know, yeah, yeah. Of, I didn't of, mean to get into the big topics, but definitely. Uh, okay, then I'm going to hold on. Let me stop this up. because this is he is right, and this this deserves more time. And if we are going to address this, it's something that everybody needs to, to be able to take time and research and feel comfortable talking about. I right. don't feel comfortable talking about that right now. So I'm going to stop that. And um, okay. I, I hope that's okay with everybody. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's absolutely. just, I understand what you're saying, but you kind of went completely off of the topic of what we were talking about. Well, I mean, it was just, it was just I understand. with the housing specifically. I understand, but that's, that's a, that's a major, major. The big chip. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's a big chip to bite off of not, we don't like to talk about things on this show that we're not educated about, almost especially me, especially you, especially. And I'll be the big boy and say, uh-uh, we're not moving on this. What we are going <laughs> to do is tell you, do everything you can to pay your landlords, because I'm telling you, uh, this is going to end. It has to end because it's not fair to the landlords. I mean, I, I understand everything that's going on, and I know everybody out there is going to be freaked out that I have this position, but the thing is, is that I also run a business, and everybody has to understand that um, we've got to just move on from it. So, uh, uh, that, uh, Copperhead, I'm going to give you your two minutes, and uh, then we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Uh, I just don't even feel like having a um, showcase. I think what we did was good, and we're running out of time. So the a lot of information. Well, basically, it doesn't work unless every piece of parts work. So there's going to be definitely uh, everyone needs to do their part, and that you just finished with paying your rent and getting it into the workforce and helping us get back into where we're supposed to be as a nation. I mean, we've always led everybody else on how the, how the world should be. And this is a chance to prove it. How quickly can we rebound from this COVID thing? How can we make uh, our government better? And how can we do our part individually to make the whole a better thing? John Hollywood. Okay. We might invest him up a little bit. Oh, just no tip. 
So either way. That's right. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your uh, two-minute warning there. And uh, we'll make sure that you're here uh, with us next week. Uh, And did you want to say anything else? All right. No, good night, America. That's right. I'm going to go ahead and close the show out myself, okay? Okay. All right. So, guys, this is John Hollywood, your host. I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank Almost Warbers with Warbers and None for, for giving us the insight, for giving us the honesty, the, 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 raw, uh, the raw evidence of what is going on in this country. Don't be blinded by it. We have a traitor in the White House. Not now, but we have traitor after traitor after traitor in our government, in our senators. I'm not sure who Joe Manchin is. I'm not sure if he is a Republican undercover, but for him to keep saying that he wants to not abolish the filibuster, I don't understand that because the Republicans are doing everything to obstruct every single thing we try to do. And the Democrats need to realize, and we need to realize, we are on a time clock here. And if we don't get things done, it is like almost said earlier, it is almost historical that we are going to lose seats in 2022. If we don't, it will be a miracle. And remember, the election we just held and Donald Trump lost fairly by 8 million votes. Every other, every other senator, every other government, uh, the, the House, the Senate, they all did very well for the Republicans. We, the Democrats did very poorly. Okay? So, in closing, once again, if you are up for eviction, the appellate court just gave you a little bit more time. But make it very clear. Pay your landlord what you can. Because you will be the loser in the end of this. Because your landlord is not going to do anything. Almost was saying that what, what's going to happen in the courts. What the courts are hoping is that the landlords are going to try to work out individually, I think, on what they can do to resolve everything. I don't know that that's going to work. I think for me that people are, try, are, are taking advantage of this the more that I'm looking at numbers and things like that. Listen, we're in a, we're in a bad place by, right now, but listen to the good news of all of this. Our economy is soaring through the roof without Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump keeps screaming and yelling that he had the best economy in the history of any president in this whole wild establishment in the, off this earth, off, this, and off of Venus, off of Mars. I mean, you name it, it was, he had the best of everything. It's all blatant lies. Donald Trump is a fake man. He is a fallacy. He doesn't exist, okay? And with saying that, keep reaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. And Donald Trump, please don't reach for the stars. And remember, never let anyone tell you how to love, who to love, or how to make your dreams come true. America is a hard place to live, but one of the most, it's the most incredible country to live in and bring a family in. With that being said, happy gay pride to everyone out there Show your pride and go and see Ty Herndon 
one of the first country music artists to come out. That was hard on him. He's one of my best friends in the world. We will be there live. Come over and shake our hands. With that, good night live from Dallas, Texas, from our studios of All You Need to Know Radio. Take care of each other, and if you get time, please knock on your neighbor's door and make sure that they're safe. Good night.